0: Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, May 5th, 2021, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And Today, we really wanted to look at the topic of suffering, And I know even as we look at a year that has been filled with sickness and hurt and pain and strife on the streets that many of us have experienced suffering because of just the events of this last year. Many of us have experienced suffering uh, because of being confined to our homes or or not being able to see our loved ones. But for for many, uh, suffering is also something they've learned to live with. Uh, I know many, including my dear wife, they, they live with chronic pain and chronic fatigue and chronic illness, and it's a story that is theirs each and every day. And I know for many that are, are on this podcast because adoption and foster care has been something that you have been called to do, that suffering has entered into your home when you brought that child into your home as you invite yourself into their past trauma and their past hurts. And, and for you, it, it may be that you wandered onto this podcast because suffering is a true reality for you and your family right now, and it's suffering from something you thought was gonna be beautiful and that you thought was going to be um, heroic, and yet it has brought you to a place of suffering. So today, I hope that we can take you both to the word as well as to experience, to see, like Paul tells the church at Corinth, that our God will comfort us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our weakness, in order that we we may comfort others. So may the God of comfort be ours as we go through this important topic on suffering. But before uh, I welcome on Dr. Rick, I want to remind you of Vessels of Hope. Uh, This ministry to orphan and vulnerable children is only possible because of the body of Christ that we walk hand in hand with. Those people that give of their time, their knowledge, their talent, and their resources are truly vessels of hope to this ministry. Vessels of Hope is our faithful community of monthly donors. We would love for you to join Vessels of Hope, uh, even if it's at a, at a at a low rate or if it's at a high rate. We count on our monthly donors in order to be able to do uh, the work of the ministry, even producing podcasts like these. So see our show notes to find out more about how to become a part of this impactful group. Well, Dr. Rick, I... I know you and I have talked that our culture has become so toxic and and really anti-Christian. Uh, you and I have talked several times uh, just on, along the way that we're living in what feels like a very post-Christian nation. Uh, and I think even maybe to start our time, I'd love to to read First Peter chapter four verses twelve through nineteen because I, I think Peter was writing as well to a time, and yeah. we've we've taken our staff through the book of First Peter because. We believe it's so pertinent to the journey that we're on right now. And so uh, I'm going to read that. And, and Dr. Rick, i just love to hear you kind of open us up on some of your yeah. thoughts on suffering. Uh, first and foremost, just because we're in this life, not not, not specific sure. suffering, but general suffering. So Peter says this, First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. He says, beloved, do not be surprised. Do not be shocked at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and the God rest upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, Peter concludes, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So, Dr. Rick, talk to us a little bit just about this this general suffering. As a believer, we are promised suffering.
1: Yeah. You know, I, Herbie, I think um, one, one of the things that just kind of occurs to me right off the bat is is this idea that um, we have a tendency when we think about suffering to think about suffering in terms of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and that's I mean, and and fundamentally, that is that's sin at work. That's, that's the broken world in, you know, in front of us. And even today, even the title of this podcast, thinking about a theology of suffering, um, theology is nothing but really thinking about God. Like, and, and one of the things I I think we have to have is we have to have a God focused view and, and a God sized view of, of what suffering is. And, you know, you, you just read from second Peter, you referenced um, second Corinthians, uh, we, you know, we look at, at places like Job. There, there are places all over uh, both the Old Testament and the New Testament that point us to this idea that this life is going to be full of suffering, mm-hmm. and and that's that's not something that's really palatable to us. Mm-hmm. Like we, in in you know, in a in a sense of self preservation, we're focused on ourselves. What we want to do is we want to not suffer. Mm-hmm. We want we want to have it easy. We want to, uh, but but truly, that's not reflective of of a life lived toward God. Um, and, and we see, you know, in, in the, in the gospels, we see a story that reflects that, that Jesus suffered Mm -hmm. when he stepped into, you know, into this reality and stepped in the middle of our, our mess. And, and we see, you know, we see in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus sweating blood. We see, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus weeping over death. And, and, and the fact is that, that we, um, we understand that ultimately, um, we have to look at our, our suffering in in light of our our destination and our eternity as well. That that our, our suffering is temporary. It's 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 while we're in the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. But but there also are things like God is at work even in the midst of the things that we experience that are as as a result of our brokenness and the brokenness of the world. Um, you know, there's a saying, and I I really probably should have used the Google machine to figure out who said this, but, um, but there's a, there's a saying, you know, that says that God, God can't use a man greatly until he's been wounded deeply. Mm. Um, and you know, and we talk in, in Christian leadership circles about this idea of, of leading with a limp, Mm. um, and and I and I really I really do believe that um, we we have just even in the in the Christian community within the church I think we've we've built almost a self help culture and a and a self help um, approach to to the world that that's about us hmm. minimizing our suffering or or getting rid of our suffering when the truth is that that in many cases what what God really calls upon us to do is is to is to live and to enjoy him and to, and to cling to him in, in the midst of our suffering. And, and I, you know, we, we see that every day. We see that in the lives of families who are uh, fostering children and bringing children into their home that are coming out of you know, really difficult situations and, and traumatic backgrounds. We see that in terms of adoption. We're seeing that play out right now in, in, in the story that is unfolding in, in India with the resurgence of, of COVID and, um, you know, literally read this morning, a story that talks about ambulances being lined up for, you know, for miles to, to basically carry, you know, corpses. And, and we, when we see that in our hearts are grieved greatly, um, and, and we don't like, we don't want to go on that journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the truth is what, what we're promised is is that when we're afflicted, when Mm -hmm. we're, when we're pressed upon that, that we don't do that. We don't go through that alone. Mm. We, we go through that in the, in the strength and, and in the power uh, that, that Christ has purchased for us in, in, in his work. And, and we go through that in the spirit and that, and that really truly our times of suffering and how we suffer, um, you know, even as uh, you know, even as, as Paul talks about the, this idea that we grieve differently than the rest of the world that that ultimately there's a, a there's a gospel platform in that it, it shows Jesus off to the world um, but it also deepens our walk with Christ and, and so I, I think you know we just probably need to kind of hold ourselves in check at times to to not be so quick to just try to look for an out in our suffering but to look for um, you know where is God in the in the midst of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, even, even through some of the things that you were saying and, and some of the things that the Lord has led, I I think any right true theology thinking about God and suffering has to go back to the fall, right? And right. where we right. were warring against God and the consequence of that was death. And you know, I know this is not a popular thought, but we are we are dying every day. Um and right. you know, you and I have, have talked about this too. As we get older, we have aches and we have pains, and the body becomes more much more frail. And God did not design us initially at creation to have decaying bodies, but death entered into the world. And I I think those that that don't think that the Lord acted think, well, people didn't just die, but they started the process of death, which is actually one, it's a lot harder, but two, Mm -hmm. it's a whole lot more grace-filled because it gives us the opportunity to come back to the savior and to come back to God and to be reconciled to him. And and the analogy that, that I think about, even as we talk about suffering and sin, um, my grandmother who was a fiery believer, loved the Lord with all of her heart. Uh, I remember what, what ended up taking her from this life was dementia and dementia is a horrible disease. Um, and, and I know Dr. Rick, you've walked through loved ones with dementia as well. And, Mm -hmm. and and really literally they forget how to breathe. They forget how to, how how to, and and ultimately they forget to the brain forgets to get the heart to beat and, and they pass away. But I remember in her last days, uh, helping my parents and sitting next to her bed one night and such a wiry, stubborn, sweet little lady. um, I remember watching her try to push the oxygen out of her mouth, out of her nose, probably because out of discomfort, probably because even in that state, she's thinking, I want to get up and do something. Um, But, but in that analogy, I think that's, that's really what suffering is about. The Lord is our oxygen and we're trying to push Him away and it creates us suffering in us. But also we've got to be careful that really, we're in a state of suffering. The Lord's trying to put oxygen on us to give us breath and we want to push it away. So suffering is because we've pushed away the source of life, but it also, unfortunately at times can cause us to push away the source of life. And we have to remember that, that, that true, uh, true joy, true peace comes not in distancing ourselves away from the Lord and suffering, but, but coming to him, uh, in in a, in a full way. And I, I had So so as we even get more granular to suffering that's particular to our families, mm-hmm. uh, I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to, to, to be at a group uh, at, a, at a local church and talk to that group. And, and, and many moms were sharing the suffering that they were experiencing because of a child that had come into their home with, with significant trauma, mm-hmm. uh, significant need. Uh, behavioral needs that were happening into their homes. And and I I watched joy fade from these mama's faces as they described the pain with pain, both this, this fight between, I love my child, but, but my child is making not just me, but, but our family miserable. And in that moment uh, I really, I really felt led to tell you know these ladies, like, because a lot of of what they were worried about, even Doctor Rick, and I think this is a real concern for a lot of folks, is how is this child that's struggling in my home? Not only how am I going to help them, but what is it doing to the rest of my family? And and you know, especially other children that didn't ask for this or that all of a sudden are having to live in a trauma that they weren't expecting, and that secondary trauma is is affecting them now, and. And it, as, it, as, it, as it came through, it, it rang true that we've got to rest upon God's sovereignty in those moments. Uh, our children may not have asked for that trauma, but in this life, you will have trouble. And the, 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 the refrain is, but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And so we, we in those moments that are hard and in those moments that are the, the most difficult and the most challenging as, as, as trite as it may sound, those are the moments we need to cling more to the promises of God. So, Dr. Rick, help us think through just those promises of God that we can cling to in those momentary times of suffering.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I go back to Second to Corinthians chapter 4 and, and think in terms of, you know, Paul says in, uh, in, in verse beginning of verse 8, he says, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed and you know really if you think about it you kind of break that verse down what you see there is that Paul talks about like there are all kinds of different avenues of suffering there's there's emotional suffering there's mental suffering there's physical suffering like they're like he he's basically saying to us look this is going to come at you on on all sides from from all angles mm-hmm. and and I think there's a there's a sense that in you know, particularly in adoption and foster care, that there's a lie that we can sort of buy into in the middle of this, that that we've somehow invited this suffering into our home, mm. but suffering wouldn't exist if we hadn't <laughs> if we hadn't brought this child into our home. And Paul is literally screaming at us here saying, No, suffering is going to come from all angles and it's going to come from all places. And and you our tendency is to to try to think of a life where where that suffering doesn't exist. When Paul's just calling us to the reality that, hey, it doesn't matter where you go and it doesn't matter what you do, you're you're going to suffer. But I think, you know, we also get the perspective in this. And I think one of the things Denise and I've learned along the way through this is that, yes, there are there are points of suffering and there are difficulties, but there are also things that God brings in in moments of grace through those things, and so you know, things like in you know in Galatians, where where Paul says, you know, toward the end of Galatians, he says, you know, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, mm-hmm. and and that, that that ultimately is fulfilling the law of Christ. Like that's that's fulfilling the the intent that Christ has for us in community. Um, we found community in mm-hmm. in the in the shared suffering, mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the things that's really hard for us to do sometimes is to feel the safety to be able to really gather with a with a group of people that are walking through similar suffering and to drop our guard and and to not let that become just sort of a toxic relational soup of woe is me and us you know sharing the difficulties. But but there but there's been great strength for us in finding community within the church being able to kind of unburden ourselves and and drop our guard and and to to journey along with other people that understand you know so that we're able to be in the word together, we're able to pray together, we're able to support each other, we're able to share resources with each other and 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 those sorts of things and and that God God's made some of the deepest friendships that we have through you know through that and the truth is those people wouldn't be in our lives and and we wouldn't have the richness of all that had we not you know, had we not suffered and and were we not suffering? And so, you know, God gives us things through this that are, that ultimately are reflections of his glory and reflections of his sovereignty. And, and, and that's just, that's an easy perspective, you know, to lose. I think the other thing that, you know, kind of tied to that for me is this, again, in second Corinthians, you know, Paul talks about this idea that, that Christ Comforts us in our afflictions, mm-hmm. like that. That we, but but that we're given that comfort, so that we might comfort other people. You know, right there in chapter one, he he talks about that, and 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 this this idea that that God is at work even in the midst of our suffering to to make us good ministers and fit ministers of the mm-hmm. gospel, and and that then that as we learn. To suffer well, and as as we learn to walk with God in that, the Lord is literally preparing us. And I, I have a, a dear missionary friend who's now retired, home from the field. But part of their journey was his his wife um, got breast cancer while they were while they were on the field, um, and you know came home for actually almost two years and experienced treatment and all this kind of stuff. And I, I just remember along the way one of the things that he said to me in deep grief, um, and not just grief over, over his wife and over cancer, but grief from having to leave their post and leave the field and leave the church planters and people that they were, that they were poured into, um, like through tears, he told, he, he said, God wastes nothing. Mm. Don't forget that God wastes nothing. Mm. And, 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 and the fact is that God did things in them and did things through them in that season that made them more fit for ministry. Mm. And, and that's still like, that's still paying keeping them dividends today. And I I think it's just, it's hard and Mm. it's especially hard when you're suffering alone Mm. to have that kind of perspective. Um, Mm. You know, you, you talk about, we talk about suffering, right? Like we, we talk about the trials of life and, and, and things and, and, and truly, um, my perspective would be different if I didn't have those conversations with you. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and we didn't share that. And I, and so I would really encourage, you know, the the folks that are listening that are kind of suffering in silence Mm. um, that suffering is not a point of shame.
0: Mm.
1: Our suffering is not something to be ashamed of. Um, It's not, it's ultimately something for us to walk through with people and with Christ. And it's ultimately a, a tool that God can gain glory from. And, and so when we feel ashamed, when we go and hide, um, you know, we're like Adam and Eve with the fig leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're running away from God and, and like we're ashamed and trying to hide suffering. Sometimes it's caused by our sin, mm-hmm. but, but in reality, what, what God wants to do is, is he wants to, he, he's, he's brought redemption. Like he's brought forgiveness in Christ. And, and what he, what he wants to do is to walk with us in that, and mm. ultimately to use that for his glory. But we, 99% of the time, start out like Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. and we're, we're getting away from God and we're getting away from other people. And that's just not, it's not healthy.
0: Yeah, amen. Yeah, I, I, I think what you've said is so important is that God's gracious supply of joy amidst suffering many times are his people that, that wrap around you. Um, and show you the hands and the feet of Christ in so many different things.
1: Well, and I'm, you know, one thing, and you, you alluded to, um, you know, just the chronic pain issue and, and those kind of things. And I think one of the things that, that we also don't have a very good theology of is, is really grinding suffering. Mm. You know, like we, we can even be pretty good at the stuff that, that like happens and it's momentary affliction. Um, but we don't, we don't do so well when it's, when it's enduring and grinding and uh, unending and, you know, and, and again, Paul, I mean, second Corinthians four, let's just go back there. He says, you know, in, in, in light of this momentary affliction, Paul calls us to a completely different perspective and says, Hey friends, all of this is momentary, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I remember one of the things we we actually this was just from a from a, a recent episode that we did um, you know just a, a couple of months ago talking about the the one year after effects of COVID, but I remember one of the interviews it was it was stated that for our kids COVID has been a much bigger deal because it's been a much larger percentage of their lives, mm-hmm. um, you know and and that that kind of thinking is pretty good to have in suffering as well when we when we think about our suffering here in light of eternity it's it's a speck.
0: Um,
1: but when we think of it in terms of our, you know, 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years or whatever it is that, you know, that, that God grants us, um, we, we think of it like it's an eternity. Um, and, and I know, you know, just knowing, you know, knowing your wife and her, you know, that is, that is a reality that doesn't ever go away. Um, and, and the fact is a part of the journey. And I I just now I'd love for you to kind of just talk a little bit practically about that and, and just what you guys have learned.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly like you said, I think the hardest part of any journey in suffering, right, is as finite creatures. We always want to know how is it gonna end? Um, what what what's gonna be the outcome of this? And you know, I it's 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 just like when you have kids and you know, there's a surprise. They want to know what the mm-hmm. surprise is because ultimately we're wired. They want to know what, what, what's the end, what's the outcome, what's going to happen. Um, what's this going to be like? And, and I, and I think that constant journey of not knowing, is this going to end? When will this end? Uh, I have seen, I have seen it thrust my sweet wife so much more into uh, God's word mm-hmm. uh, in into deep abiding prayer with him uh, trust in Him. Uh, we're we're literally, you know, it's it's Him that gets her up in the morning, um, mm-hmm. and 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 apportions her steps. There there's a there's a close dependence and a walking and a trust in Him, each and every day. And you know, by God's goodness and His grace, I think we sometimes miss sight of this. And you know, and I'm not suggesting to remind people of this in the midst of suffering, but <laughs> it's always good for us personally to reflect upon. We do know what the end is. And that's why Paul can so confidently say this light and momentary affliction is producing in you an eternal weight of glory because he knows with confidence that Christ Jesus will return, that Christ Jesus will resurrect us. He will heal us once and for all, and we will live with him and in worship and in exaltation of his name, and in the glory of his name, he's coming to redeem all of our suffering and all of our pain. Mm -hmm. But we're walking through this life. and, And as a family, Dr. Rick, I would tell you that we have seen our walking through this suffering, our walking through this pain, specifically my wife walking through this pain. I've seen the Lord open up doors and avenues for her to be able to encourage others in a deeper, fuller way. Uh, then maybe you could um, than others could. I, I've seen gospel opportunities presented to her because she had mm-hmm. the ability to walk into somebody's suffering and pain and meet them there. Uh, and, and even more recently, uh, her sister had a, a massive stroke and it's been sweet to see them even from a distance be able to share in some of now the same pain that they're experiencing, maybe from different avenues, but some of the same mm-hmm. physical pain and to to have that deep walk. And, you know, I, I got to see my sister-in-law several weeks ago, and she said, one of the gifts has been knowing that my sweet wife, Ashley knew how to pray for her. When other people would say, how can we pray for you? And they don't really understand, but to know she knows She knows the struggles, she knows what I'm going through, and she knows how to pray for me. And that's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. When you know that not only is there a God who intimately cares, not only is there a God who intimately uh, is is walking with you step by step, but when he gives you other believers in your life. That also intimately know what you're going through. And, and I think that's what you're talking about, these deep, rich relationships is people that, that you, you've entered into the same suffering. You've entered into the same things. The manifestations of that suffering may look different, but 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 you're in that path. And and the Lord is so gracious to bring us his people. I I, I think so many times, like you said, and, and we're guilty of this as a family, you know, praying, okay, Lord, just take the suffering away. Um, Take this pain away. And, and brother, I'm still praying that for my wife. But at the same time, we also realize that just like you said, we can't outrun, we can't outrun suffering, we can't outrun pain, we, you know, it'll be something else, it'll be something on top of that. And you know, I, for any athlete, for any person who's trying to get fit, if you want to, if you want to, you know, start running, or if you want to start lifting weights, or if you want to get better at a crowd, you go through some pain in order to to get better, and and that's the promise of God is and, and and what we've said so many times. What Paul says, this this momentary light affliction is preparing you for eternal weight of glory. I love what Paul says then to the Philippians, and you know, we look at the book of Philippians and we think of joy, 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 but it's joy amidst pain and suffering and in the end in his great benediction he says rejoice in the lord always he says again i will say rejoice and some may say paul how are you saying rejoice but he's saying no rejoice in your suffering because the lord is at hand so don't be anxious about anything but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known and this is verse 7 which i think It's such a mystery until you've been there and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God will what guard. Well, Mm -hmm. if we're not in the midst of suffering, we don't need a guard. If we, if we're not in the midst of pain, we don't need anything to guard us. The peace that we so desperately want from God, actually the Bible says comes in the midst of our suffering. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's a, that to the believer feels like an oxymoron, but, it, it, it really or not, not to the the world may sound like an oxymoron, but to the believer, we see that, that sometimes it's in our deepest longing, our deepest suffering, our deepest pain that, that God's peace is the greatest. It's in the midst of the storm and the eye of the storm is the greatest peace that God gives you. And even going back to the, to first Peter, where we started, you know, he, he says, rejoice in the Lord. he, He says, do not be surprised right do not be shocked at the fiery uh, trials that come upon you but rejoice in so far that you share in Christ's sufferings and uh, i i i i can say in a in a in a way that, that others may not understand that i have experienced that joy in the middle of suffering and and let me just pastor john piper says this i, th- I thought this was a a great quote from his book don't waste your life but he says It is simple trust in Christ that in him, God will do everything necessary so that we can enjoy making much of him forever. Every good poised to bless us and every evil arrayed against us will in the end, help us boast only in the cross, magnify Christ and glorify our creator. Faith in these promises frees us to risk and to find in our own experience that it's better to lose our life than to waste it. And, yeah. I, I would pray wow. that for those that are listening, that suffering would not cause you, would suffering would not win the battle and cause you to shrink back, but that suffering would encourage you in an odd way to persevere.
1: I'm, playing off of that, just a couple of, couple of quick thoughts. One um, is, is I, I think, like, we don't want to create the impression, and I think you said it, and, and so I just want to call it out, that, like it's okay to pray. It's okay to to petition the Father to to take away your suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we see that modeled in the in in Jesus. I mean, in in the Garden, Jesus is saying, "If this if this cup can pass for me, he he was." And so they're like, "That's a that's a very real emotion mm-hmm. and a very real state." And we're we're not somehow disappointing God because we're crying out from Him that we that we want relief. Um, and and so. Definitely want people to hear that. I think the other thing is, um, you know we we just in our in our church, we just walk through the book of job and and realizing that a, a big part of job's suffering was compounded by his friends, right? and that and that part of what we get to do in this is to walk with each other well. and and sometimes the the worst of our theology and and the worst of our thinking about this, Comes out when we're trying to comfort other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Job, Job's friends, and we, you know, we can talk about there in the in the beginning of Job when his friends come and sit with him for seven days and all that, and and they were probably doing that out of cultural obligation. But at the end of the day, they did their best work when they just sat there and they were quiet. Um, it, it was when they really when they opened their mouths, it really started to go downhill. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I think sometimes we we feel as though when we're walking through these moments with other people that we have to be sufficient for them we have to be able to say the right thing or we have to be able to to do the right thing and i think what we what we really kind of need to realize is that that ultimately it's the spirit of christ in us that that is that is the thing that's effective in our in our being with them mm-hmm. and so it's not we don't have to have the right words we don't have to have the right you know, the right things to say, but we do, we do like have to have our presence there. And, and ultimately our spirit and their spirit are like, like we're, our spirits are going to commune. And I don't mean that in a like weird metaphysical sense. I just mean that, that in the bond of Christ, um, that being there and, and like being family to each other is important. And, and it's not what you do and it's not what you say. And sometimes it's less of what you do and what you say than, than just you know, your presence. And I, and I think we, as much as we have a tendency to sometimes try to hide in suffering, it, it's also sometimes difficult to deal with it in community because we don't know what to do. Mm. And, and the simple thing is that we just, what we do is we show up.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think an important even way to illustrate that, Dr. Rick, and, and you and I have talked about this. I mean, church at home was okay for a season. Right. And, and even, even for some who were, uh, you know, and I I saw some, some different little graphs about this, about, Hey, I went church hopping, you know, this Sunday, and they're watching (laughs) different pastors on different screens or participating in different churches. And, you know, even though at times you go, Oh, I I can go listen to a message or I wanted to hear this pastor or or whatever. What would the, the, the joy of being back in corporate Mm -hmm. worship. And it's not because, you've got other believers coming alongside of you and high-fiving you or because, you know, really even that the service content is different live than it is on your screen, Mm -hmm. but it's being in the bond with other believers worshiping together in community. And that community is made special, not because of what you're saying to each other during that gathering, that community is because you're present. And you know, with you and I, we both have strong Southern Baptist roots, and we're going to date ourselves with with this, but I mean, you remember that song, that very simple hymn that we used to sing, we are all in the bond of love, we are joined together in the spirit, Uh, you know, but but there is this true, uh, you know, as the hymn writer said, like, coming and joining ourselves in the bond of love, not by what we say. And, mm-hmm. and I think so many times we think we have to have the perfect words and trying to come up with the perfect words to help someone in their suffering actually does nothing more than to discourage them in their suffering. <laughs> we're, we're really, sometimes it's just, I'm going to sit with you in this, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be present with you in this. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and even going back to your point that, that I think is so true, like we've been going to Second Corinthians, and if you go to 2 Corinthians 11, you know, Paul gives like almost the suffering resume where it's like, you know, I've been lashed five times and shipwrecked and assailed. And and, and almost we can get this, a bad theology of suffering to believe if I'm not suffering, then I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not doing something right. Or like, I've just got to sit in it because this is how I'm going to make my stripes. But even Paul finishes in 2 Corinthians 12 and he says three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. So, I mean, Paul's saying, I pleaded, like, I mean, I I get the idea of begging, like literally, okay, God, please, you've got to take this away. But then here's the grace in it that even illustrates this whole point, because sometimes our savior, his grace is sitting in in our suffering with us. Mm. And, And it says, but he being the Lord says to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul concludes Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. And for this sake of Christ, and I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, wow, so many things from this theology we've talked about, are seen in this verse. Number one, it's 100% okay to beg and plead with God to take the Christ. suffering away. Number two, if we were to emulate Christ, it, we see that what Christ's grace was, was to sit in that weakness and sit in that moment with Paul and to minister to him. And then two, that we, we have joy knowing that This is a common connection, not just to other believers, but to man. Every man is appointed to suffer, and every man is appointed to die. And because of that, there is suffering in that. And so this is a a condition of humanity. And I would hope, and I know you would hope as well, Dr. Rick, and we would pray that in our suffering, our greatest goal would be to realize everybody's suffering. The difference is we're suffering as a believer with much hope and much grace and much strength. And there are others that are sitting in the same suffering, the same hurt, the same pain, and they don't have the grace and the goodness of Christ Jesus. And I would hope that our theology of suffering would even propel us to go and preach the good news of the gospel.
1: Well, and, and at the end of the day, it's about the hope of glory, right? Paul Paul's able to have that perspective because, because he has an eternal perspective. He knows this isn't it. He, mm-hmm. he knows this isn't the end. And, and so it, it, it colors and shapes everything that he says about, about how he suffered. And, and, and that, that has to spur us on to say um, there are billions of people around mm-hmm. us who, who don't share in that hope and, and don't have that, you know, that, that trajectory toward glory. And, and it's our responsibility to tell them about Jesus and to, and to leverage everything, including our own suffering to, to put that on display because, because they need that hope. And, you know, it, it, it just, it it's in our society, in our world today, it is, it is so easy to fall prey to, to being self-focused and being self-absorbed. And I think what, Part of part of us thinking about and, and and really wrestling in our own suffering is is an accountability moment for us to realize that it's it's not really it's not really about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but that but that ultimately, in freeing ourselves from that, that God has God has pointed us toward a destination that is that's hopeful. Mm-hmm. And our job is to tell other people about it. And and so. Um, you know m- may the Lord grant us the strength to to use those things that that come into our lives that cause us to suffer in order for us to suffer well um but ultimately in in order that we can increase the 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 fame of Jesus that we can you know we can we can extol um you know where our true hope is and and may God use that to to bring people to himself mm.
0: So as we close, uh, the good news, and even as we saw in 2 Peter, right, is that comfort will come amidst our suffering through the strong presence of God the Almighty. And so we entrust our souls to him uh, and knowing that he will guard us and he will guide us. And so as our benediction today, I just want to read for us out of Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Know it all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.